Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Denver. And today our very special guest is Michael Matt. He's the editor of the Remnant newspaper and founder of Remnant TV. Uh, can you talk a little bit about Remnant newspaper, Remnant TV, and how people can follow you? Appreciate the plug. Uh, RemnantNewspaper.com is our website. And then Remnant-TV.com is our brand new alternative to YouTube. We got tired of the uh, YouTube Gestapo, so we're still on YouTube at the Remnant video, if anyone wants to see us on YouTube. And also at remnant-tv.com is where we have our, our weekly programs. And uh, it's, uh, it's new, but it's, it's, it's coming alive, and I'm hoping a lot of other people will take advantage of that so we can move away from the big tech uh, monstrosity. Well, <laughs> we, well, well, we definitely see uh, what their agenda is, if there was any doubt to begin with, but uh, they sure don't have any problem hiding it, do they? No, they don't. And I think everybody, your, your, your readers or your listeners probably feel the same as I do. I think there's a an implicit acknowledgement that we're, you know, conservative, patriotic, Christian, Catholics, we're, uh, we're onto something, because they seem definitely afraid of what we have to say, don't they? If we're, if we're so crazy, and we're such tinfoil hat types, why not just ignore us? Why are they so terrified of what we have to say that they actually go to these great lengths to shut us down? I think it's, I think it's encouraging, in a way, to see how much they want to silence us. You did a video back in August uh, called The Great Reset. I would highly recommend people go on YouTube or uh, your Remnant TV to go ahead and find that. It was done, I think, early August, if I remember right. Uh, talking about right. this Great Reset, the New World Order. Just kind of, you know, briefly, what is this Great Reset that everybody's talking about that seems to be right on the heels of our COVID pandemic? Yeah, I mean, I always try to preface it with the acknowledgement that when you start talking new world order, you run the risk of being, you know, put into that tinfoil hat club. Yeah. Because that's that's what they would like for, for anyone who's concerned about where this is heading. They would like to sort of disqualify us or delegitimize us by saying, Yeah, they're all just just a bunch of kooks and there's nothing to it. But you know, I just would just remind all of us that right now the entire world pretty much is masked up in social distancing and terrified of a virus that has a 99.5% uh, you know, survival rate. Now, I'm not saying COVID isn't a serious problem, for, especially for the elderly, but it just gives you an idea of what, of what they, they, they would like to do. And by they, I'm talking about Klaus Schwab, I'm talking about the World Economic Forum, the United Nations, Jeffrey, Zach, and Jeffrey, Jeffrey Sachs, and alas, the Vatican itself is involved in this great reset, which essentially is... Um, I think we're, we're living through the initial stages of it, which is to sort of, they, they talk a lot about equality and, uh, and, and, you know, making everything equal and flat. So I think what they're trying to move away from is the independence that comes from small businesses, that comes from the entrepreneurial capitalist spirit, uh, so that ultimately there will be a global body that will be monitoring and that will be not monitoring, but maintaining a global economic system. And I think that's why they're going after like the restaurant industry, for example, especially in America. A lot of restaurants are owned by little mom and pop, you know, entities. And, and when you have your own business, when you have the ability to support yourself, you really don't need the nanny state. You don't need a new world order. And my, my contention is that's part of the reason that we're seeing that the restaurant industry suffer like it is, small business suffer like it is. And it doesn't. They keep telling us to follow the science. I'm really not sure the science is backing up these economic lockdowns. Even the World Health Organization now is saying this is not working. Economic lockdown is not working. You have something like 400 million people facing poverty now. 
because of the lockdowns. And so the Great Reset, I think, is intentionally doing harm to the nationalist economies of the countries throughout the world so that they can, as they keep using this expression, build back better so that they can build a new system that will not be dependent on the individual so much or smaller business, but dependent on this new idea of stakeholder capitalism, which is another word for an economic new world order. Yeah. So whether it's equity, you know, climate control, population control, the LBGTQ agenda. And that's why I recommend people go on your uh, watch that YouTube video because you, you have a, you had a good uh, picture up there of a circle with everything that's kind of involved in this. And, you know, also you got you got Bill Gates, you got Prince Charles, you got, you know, CEOs of Microsoft, MasterCard, places, uh, places like that, that are they are they yeah. really able, do you think? Uh, to be able to pull this off. Now, I know they were kind of waiting for a catalyst and COVID seems to be it. But do you think they could really try to pull something like this off, especially now that they've gotten or appears to have gotten Trump out of office? Well, I, I would <laughs> I would love to say that we live in a world where what they have in mind would come off as an absurdity. But again, we have the indication of the power that they wield through the media, especially and now, of course, with the, with the vaccination uh, debate really heating up, they do seem to have the ability to control, you know, how, how, whether or not we can go to a restaurant, whether or not we can go to church, how many people we can have for Christmas. We're seeing uh, overreach from government that George Orwell never imagined, you know, that the Soviet Union never attained. So I'm really concerned that if we don't start waking up right now, and by we, I especially mean Americans, because we do have more freedom, I think, than, than our, our friends in Europe have, especially under the European Union, which was also sort of a test case for this Great Reset. Um, if we don't wake up, I'm concerned that they will, to answer your question, that they will end up having the, <laughs> the ability to pull this off. And it, it was never, I think it was a mistake to say that it was always just about Donald Trump. It wasn't just about Donald Trump. But Donald Trump represents everything that they need to get rid of. He's the entrepreneurial. He's an entrepreneur. He's not the politician. He had enough money to actually disrupt the system by running for president on his own, more or less, regardless of his party. And he really threatened the whole reset. And that's why I think they had to move much more quickly. And in a sense, they jumped a shark, shark because of Donald Trump. But that's not to say it was only about Trump. So it looks mm -hmm. like Trump may not get back in. But that doesn't mean that, 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 that we're going to see the mask go away or the COVID restrictions go away or the, you know, the vaccine requirements go away. This has been in the works for a long time. And Donald Trump, of all the politicians in the world, in my opinion, came closest to derailing it. And that's why they put such pressure on discrediting him. And they still are. Well, in this World Economic Summit, I mean, he, he spoke at it and basically put a thumb right in their eye. And, you know, they didn't like it. I mean. Soros was doing all he could do to contain himself, right? He pretty much guaranteed he wouldn't win this election, and this was several months before the election. So that does uh, indicate how how much of an obstacle at least they felt he was, don't, doesn't it? This, I, I, I would so encourage your, your listeners to leave, listen to my video or, or do some more research on their own, because especially in my video, in our video, we weren't talking about Michael Matt's opinion of the Great Reset. We use quotations, as you say, from the movers and shakers who meet in Davos, Switzerland. And so some people say, well, you know, Donald Trump actually spoke in January 2020 at Davos, so he must be part of what's going on. And I would just remind them that Donald Trump, uh, 
it should have been invited to Davos years ago because all those who are making lots of money, the, the, the Jeff Bezos of the world, the Bill Gates, they've all been there. Trump was excluded from being invited to Davos until January 2020, as president of the United States, four years in almost to his presidency. And what did he do? He went there and gave one of the best talks ever in which he promised that America would never become a socialist country, that our economy is stronger than ever. Basically, he said, we don't need your new world order. And at that very same conference, George Soros, George Soros, again, we're talking about in Davos, Switzerland, at the World Economic Forum, which is headed up by Klaus Schwab. At that very conference, George Soros came in with almost an emergency intervention. And that's where he famously promised that Donald Trump is a temporary obstacle, but that in 2020, he would disappear. Donald Trump would disappear as a threat to the world. So again, this is not my opinion. They're very transparent in what they have in mind and why and how they hate Donald Trump. So I think it's very important that we, we can see what their agenda is by looking at their effort now to take Trump down, which is precisely what they did, obviously. Yeah. I mean, you know, fair or not, I mean, pretty much sure it wasn't fair. Uh, it's going to be hard right. to prove it. We'll see how it all pans out. I mean, in the end, you know, it's it's interesting when you read all about this economic summit and, and this new world order and everything they're talking about. You know, it's funny, the globalists somehow forgot about faith, right? Are they trying to make one world faith religion? I haven't heard that one yet, but is that something they're trying to do yeah. too? Well, I think, yeah, I think in the Catholic Church, you know, especially they, they, they've been trying to reset the church for a long time. And I think, yeah, I think there's an effort afoot. They, they know that religion ultimately will play some part. But what they have to do there is equalize all the religions as well. There can't be one religion which claims to be the one true church founded by Jesus Christ outside of which there is no salvation. That would be very disruptive to this idea of, uh, uh, of the building back in an inclusive, equitable way for the whole world. You can't have one religion either, just like you can't have one economic body that's very strong, like the United States. You can't have one strong economy because that proves that you don't need the world, new world order. So I do think that the, the efforts to shut down the church and show the, the power of the state over the church, you know, now we see it very clearly by physically closing the churches, not only on Easter, but also on Christmas, and really restricting access to the sacraments also gives us an indication of what they have in mind. And you remember Donald Trump famously said way, way back months ago that he wanted to open the churches before Easter. So he was trying to do the right thing, but of course the deep state stopped him and, uh, and he wasn't able to accomplish it. But he did call for the churches to open and I think it was for precisely that reason. He said, we, America needs more prayer, not less. I want the churches, synagogues open now, is what he said. So you can see he believes, I think, that there's a threat that, you know, also with respect to religion. They don't, they don't want Christianity to have, to have freedom, to have free reign at this point. Well, and I remember that statement, too. And I remember talking to my wife saying, why didn't the bishop say that? He said exactly what they should have been saying. And they were quiet, shutting down the churches. So, uh, yeah. you know, it was it was disappointing. We also have this uh, this economy of Francesco, right? Where Jeffrey Sachs, who is pro-abortion, pro-contraception, basically population control, so you got socialist thoughts, uh, has been invited to the Vatican twenty times to speak to this Pontifical Academy of Social Science. Uh, is there any difference between what what's happening there and this uh, economic summit? No, they're all they're all very much together. 
and again, I don't, I wouldn't want anybody to take my, my opinion on that. And you can very easily, you know, search this out. We've done a lot of videos on Jeffrey Sachs. He is actually the author of the co-author of the sustainable development goals. And at the heart of the sustainable development goals of the United Nations agenda 2030 is of course contraception. So, um, he, he's, he's, he's very pro contraception, very pro uh, population control. He's pro abortion. And so the question I would, I would pose to your listeners is, why would such a man who is not Christian, who is pro-abortion, pro-contraception, why is he waltzing in and out of the Vatican all the time? Why did he, why was he an honored guest at the Amazon Synod for Pope Francis? Uh, you know, exactly. Why, why is he, why did, why did he come out with a statement from the Vatican saying that the United States of America is dangerous and it will be even more dangerous if Donald Trump is reelected. This is an advisor. Jeffrey Sachs is an advisor to Bernie Sanders. He's a huge fan and promoter yeah. of Bernie Sanders. So the question is, again, don't take my word for it. Just ask yourself, why has this man been a key advisor to Pope Francis? Why has he had 20 opportunities to speak at the Vatican when he holds these positions, which are antithetical to the church's infallible moral teachings? Yeah, I mean, when you read it, and, you know, I, I saw it on your video, I did some more research on it. I mean, I heard him give one of the talks at the Vatican, at, at this uh, Pontifical Academy of Social Science, and he bashed America and praised China. Yes, yes. yes. And, and the guy who invites him, Bishop Sarando from Argentina, is the same guy who leaves China and says they're the best example of Catholic social teaching in the world. Yeah, exactly. You know, Bishop Sarando, I would encourage your, your, your listeners to research him as well. He's an, as you say, he's an Argentinian. He's a close advisor to the Pope. He's a very strong supporter of Jeffrey Sachs. <laughs> and he thinks that China, the Communist Chinese Party, is the best embodiment, or the best example of Catholic social teaching. This is what he said. As our brothers and sisters in the Catholic faith are being persecuted, murdered, arrested, taken away in China, this man is telling the world that China presents a great model. So when you start looking at some of these things without anyone's opinion into being interjected, especially not mine, just look at what they're saying, and then you come away with this very <laughs> sort of sick feeling that the Vatican, that our church needs prayers right now, that there is a coup going on, and it's not just like a traditional Catholic position. A lot of conservative Catholics who know nothing about the traditional Latin Mass, for example, are extremely concerned by what's happening in the Vatican right now. And these are for, for obvious reasons, for what the Vatican itself has been doing and saying, not because of our projection or our evaluation of what they've been saying, but of what they've been saying. This is what has to be looked into by more Christians, more Catholics around the world, so that we can start putting a pressure, you know, on these gentlemen, we're not going to stand by. We're not going to accept this. We are going to blow the whistle. We're not going to go along. And I think that's exactly what we need to do. As loyal, faithful Catholics, we need to do that. Well, and, I, and that's why I appreciate you bringing it to light. But again, it's easy to go online. I mean, I watched this Jeffrey Sachs give a talk at the Vatican. People's heads were nodding when he basically said, China's fine. It's America that's the problem. They're the evil ones. Yep. 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 <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's absolutely shocking the positions that he holds. And again, the, the sustainable development goals, uh, you, you can look into those. Um, and to think that Pope Francis himself went to the United Nations and said, and actually endorsed from the hall of the General Assembly, from the floor of the General Assembly, 
actually endorsed the Sustainable Development Goals. And now, I'm sorry to say, Pope Francis is even using, even borrowing Joe Biden in the UN catchphrase, build back better, in his own documents, just recently in a statement uh, for, for, the, for, for the, the day of recognition of those with disabilities, he mentioned that build back better phrase, I think, four times. So this is a very clear signal on which side the Vatican is on right now. And again, this is why it's such a, it's such a tragedy what's happening to Donald Trump the most pro-life, whatever you think of him, no one has done more for the pro-life movement than Donald Trump. And yet, even from the Vatican itself, this president is being blackballed, being taken down. So it's, it's a pretty scary moment. I got a lot of hope for the future for, for, because a lot of people are waking up because I think uh, the other side has come out and more or less taken their own mask off and showed us exactly what the plan is. And the plan is very much the church united with the United Nations, united with the World Economic Forum, united with Bill Gates to build this thing. Whatever you want to, however you want to interpret the new world order, that's what they want to try to do. That's what they are doing. Well, and it's funny, it's it's run by, you know, global elitists. And you mentioned, you know, build back better. You must have been looking at my notes. That was my next question. But I mean, the World Economic Summit kind of coined that. Biden took it. The Pope's taken it. I mean, you know, different presidents of different countries have taken. I mean, they're they have all read the marketing plan and they're saying, "Hey, this is the line. Everybody use it." Right, right. And you can't possibly overlook that. So you can say, "Well, Pope Francis probably didn't come up with that on his own. Somebody wrote that for him." Well, that doesn't matter. And ultimately, the Pope is in charge of this. So whoever's whoever's writing this stuff, they could not possibly have overlooked the ramifications of using Build Back Better, something that's been sprawled all over the podium of the most pro-abortion now, pro-gay marriage, presidential candidate since, you know, it's probably forever in Joe Biden, a man who claims to be Catholic. The Vatican could not have overlooked the ramifications of signaling, of using Build Back Better and how, that, how the world, how the Catholic world would react to that. So the question then comes, why? Why are they trying to show solidarity and affinity with somebody like Joe Biden? And the answer is a little spooky. Well, and you, when you come from a place of liberation theology, which has Marxist backing, right? And in the end, I mean, we have heard nothing but, you know, capitalism bad, basically socialism good, and that's why it fits perfectly with, with what these global elitists are talking about. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And the other problem is they are now um, uh, Klaus Schwab and company and uh, what's her name? Lynn Rothschild are now working together with the Vatican as well. And, and they're redefining. Everything is going to be redefined. They keep saying like the Great Reset is all about redefining, reimagining our world, post-COVID world. But now they're redefining capitalism. And the Great Reset is, is going to install what they call stakeholder capitalism throughout the world. And then they're going to, they're, what they're going to do is use all the big corporations and the big companies to um, sort of, you know, to, to, to sort of um, bring the, the gay and lesbian agenda, the pro-contraception agenda, the pro-population uh, control agenda, down to the level of all of us through the big corporations. The corporations are going to be forced then by this international law, however they set that up, to have a green agenda, to have a socially diverse agenda that, that ultimately the entire market economy through stakeholder capitalism is going to have to embrace. So that is where you can see it's going to affect all of us. 
It's just another way of bringing this new agenda in through what they're calling stakeholder capitalism. Yeah, and in the end, you have to get rid of religion because that's going to get in the way. It starts talking about the dignity of the person, you know, ownership of private property, you know, all the things the church stands for. These dudes aren't going to stand for. But as you mentioned, there is hope. And you you did have a video, and it just came out recently, and you had uh, Bishop Athanasius Snyder on there. And he mentioned Mm -hmm. that I thought was actually really good to hear. Remember this, the church is bigger than the pope. The church is bigger than the cardinals and the bishop. It's the church, right? The bride of Christ. And I thought it was a good reminder for him to say that. It is. And I really, I'm the last person in the world who would ever say, you know, we need to leave the church because the church has been infiltrated. I would really encourage, and I encourage my, my viewers and, and readers all the time to remember the Catholic Church has the answer. If you believe the Catholic Church was founded by Jesus Christ, it's the only true church. The ultimate answer to everything going wrong in our world right now is the, the traditional Catholic Church. So it would only make sense that the forces of hell would be trying to target it with everything they have right now. So I, as opposed to trying to discourage everyone, or make them depressed, or make them think there's no reason to fight. There's every reason to fight because we know ultimately the Catholic Church is not just a human organization, it's divine. It will survive this. So we need to cling to the teachings of the Church, because ultimately if we do that, we too will survive whatever is coming in this great reset. But not to see this as a a disheartening or discouraging or terror. It is frightening, no doubt about it. But if we understand the, 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 the divine element of the Church, we can also see a great deal of hope. Yes, they're trying to target it. Yes, they've infiltrated it with popes, with, with, with priests, bad priests, bishops, cardinals, even, even a pope, as far as I'm concerned. But God ultimately will save the world by saving his church. We just need to stay in the Catholic Church. Don't leave her. Stay in the church and fight for the truth, and that's not the truth as we define it, but the truth as the church has infallibly defined it. There's where we have our certainty, because nobody should care about my opinion or or Deacon Jeff's opinion necessarily. Right. But when we stand on the church's dogma and her infallible teachings, everyone who claims to be Catholic must listen to that. You see what I'm saying? So it makes it easy for people to see where the truth is and how they can get through this. Well, I think the great reminder is, you know, we remember when all the apostles are in the boat and the storm's kicking up and they're afraid and, you know, this, everything's going, you know, to hell in a handbasket. The Lord walks up, calms everything down. The reminder to every one of us is, hey, don't get out of the boat. It doesn't matter how stormy it gets. Don't get out of the boat. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, that's been the lesson of history all along. The church has always had suffering. The church has always been persecuted. But the great heroes of the church, the stories that we tell, are the ones that didn't run away in fear, but stayed at the foot of the cross. And that's what we have to aspire to do every day, confident that ultimately that loyalty to Christ will be rewarded by Christ standing with us, if we can honestly say we're standing with him. Yeah, and I think that's, I mean, I appreciate you bringing up, you know, kind of, in the end, stay with the church, stay with Jesus Christ. We're here for a particular time, for a particular reason, this time in history. It's not for us to be worried and afraid, it's to stand up and to defend the faith, right? Oh, oh, absolutely. And you could just see something so unlikely, and I know Donald Trump has got his warts and his Christianity is not exactly clearly defined, but I just think it's so interesting to see how God works that, you know, that this, this man was raised up and he has now succeeded in, I mean, I've been at this for 50 years in my family anyway, you know, in this Catholic uh, press apostolate, trying to wake people up to the infiltration of the Catholic Church. 
and that's gone on to, to you know, my, I say modernists. Modernists are basically globalists with theology degrees, and they've been at it for a long time. <laughs> and uh, so you see that, you know, where, where did Donald Trump come from? And not only did he come, but like today, today he, he recognized the, uh, the anniversary of the, the death of uh, St. Thomas Beckett. And yep. his explanation of why he did that is absolutely beautiful. Now, you can say, well, Donald Trump is just being political. Okay, the question is, why is he being this political? If it's not for the fact that there are millions of us out there that Mr. Trump is trying to galvanize, trying to unite. So in other words, it makes a great, I don't care if some of these things, like him standing on the, wall, on the mall in Washington, D.C., and saying that every child is a gift from God, you know, when he went to the abortion rally, uh, pro-life rally. Um, if he feels he has to do that for political reasons, that should give all of us tremendous hope. Because he wouldn't do it if he didn't know that there are literally millions of us who are waking up and are ready to take the stand now for Christ, for the unborn, for our country. And that, again, is why I'm not really as depressed as <laughs> maybe some people are, because I feel like this is a moment of tremendous awakening. Well, and as you mentioned, right, this it just didn't happen yesterday. You know, go out and have people, you know, anybody listen, go buy the book Goodbye Good Men and hear what happened to the seminary. Read the story of Bella Dodd and her, and when she was a communist, how she tried to infiltrate the church and successfully did. So, you know, what you're saying isn't like, wow, nobody knew about this. People knew about it. They just need to wake up and defend it and understand how we got to where we are, but defend the truth and don't worry about all this other stuff that you don't have control over. Absolutely. And that was one of the big things that divided even the flock, the Catholic flock, was you had... A lot of very good people who thought, well, I just have to obey everything coming out of the Vatican in order to stay on the straight and narrow. And that's actually quite a Catholic instinct. So now we're seeing that there's no way you can obey what is non-binding anyway. It's not doctrinal. It's political. The things that we're seeing coming out of the Vatican about vaccines, for example, or about the Great Reset or whatever else. We are under no obligation before God or our church to obey this sort of thing. And so we can understand that God is still protecting his church doctrinally, dogmatically. We're not being told to obey that which is contrary to dogma or doctrine. But we do have to stand up strong against what they're, what, what's happening to the Vatican, the infiltration of what we're being told uh, by the Vatican personnel, the human element, in other words. But that division that was between the traditional Catholics and the folks that thought we were supposed to obey everything that was coming out of the Vatican has now disappeared, thanks be to God. And there is a much larger coalition uh, in the church then there was a coalition of resistance to what's happening and i really believe with all my heart that's going to bear very good fruit and in the very near future <laughs>